Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. And today I am bringing you Season 3, Episode 17, entitled Punky's Porker. This episode aired on November 25th, 1987. Punky enlists the help or excuse me, the aid of Cherry and Margot in kidnapping a pig to save it from being slaughtered. Of course, this is in 87. This is well before the movie Babe and Gordy, where we had movies with talking pigs. um, But Charlotte's Web, I think, came before this, but that was a cartoon. So I think this is going to be fun. It's been a very long time since I've seen this episode. But before I get into this episode, I want to um, give some shout-outs to some likes that the Facebook Punky Power podcast page has gotten recently. First up, we have Lily, excuse me, Lily Wheeler. Thank you, Lily, so much for liking this podcast page. I hope you're enjoying the episodes. Also, Dion Thorpe, Monique Wanamaker, Natalie Medard, Lorraine Tillotson, I'm sorry if I missed pronouncing anyone's last name, Anna Lee Bailey, and Jeremy Hall. Thank you all. Of course, also Alyssa Padilla. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for being a fan of this podcast and the Facebook page. This means so much to me that you guys enjoy this. And I, of course, hope that you'll keep listening as we're nearing the end of Season 3 and going into Season 4, Punky Brewster's final season, coming at the end of this month. I'd like to quickly talk real quick about one of the books that I just finished, and I will put this up on the Instagram and Facebook Punky Power podcast page. It's a great book because we are entering into summer. This book is called Starry Eyes, and it's by Jen Bennett. Ever since last year's homecoming dance, best friends turned best enemies, Zori and Lennon, have made an art of avoiding each other. It doesn't hurt that their families are the modern-day Californian version of the Montagues and the Capulets. But when a group camping trip goes south, Zori and Lennon find themselves stranded in the wilderness, alone, together. What could go wrong? With no one but each other for company, Zori and Lennon have no choice but to hash out their issues via witty jabs and insults as they try to make their way to safety. But fighting each other while also fighting off the forces of nature makes getting out of the woods in one piece less and less likely. And as the two travel deeper into the Northern California's rugged backcountry, secrets and hidden feelings surface. But can Zori and Lennon's rekindled connection survive out in the real world, or was it just a result of the fresh forest air and the magic of the twinkling lights? I really, honestly, I gave this a 5 out of 5 stars. I really love this book. I've read her book that came out last year called Alex Approximately, and that was good too. But as far as this um, book description is kind of a little muddled. First of all, no. Their families are not the Californian version of the Montagues and Capulets. It's basically all Zori's father doesn't like the fact that um, Lennon has two mothers. 
and there's just a bunch of bad blood that he's got with them and stuff over things that happened in the past, which when you read the book, you'll find out. And basically, it also starts off with, it's called glamping, like a glamping trip, where uh, Zori's friend invites her and uh, a few other friends and stuff like that, and just crap goes awry really fast, and that's how Zori and Lennon end up finding themselves stranded because Zori's friend, Regan, gets all angry and has a fit, and then the uh, her and the other people all take off in the morning while Zori and Lennon are sleeping. So, luckily, Lennon is very good with hiking and being in the backwoods. He's done it before. He's got a map. He's got... He knows things as far as re in regards to keeping yourself safe while you're out in the wilderness and everything. So Zori is very lucky to have him by her side. But Zori and Lennon also have a smidge of bad blood, just uh, stuff that happened the following uh, the past year for the homecoming dance and everything that kind of left them at odds and kind of not talking to each other. So, but. I really enjoyed the book. I like, if you get the physical book, um, the author had a map drawn and really cool artwork in it throughout the, the book here and there, and it's really, really awesome. It This is a perfect book for, it takes place during the summer. This is a perfect book for summertime. And Zori also wants to be a astrophysicist when she gets older. So she has a telescope. She, I guess, was going to be going to a star party to watch a meteor shower. Um, after the glamping thing. But, uh, guys, just, it's good. Like I said, I'm going to put this up on the Facebook Punky Power podcast page and the Instagram page as well. So that way you guys can check this out. But enough about that, let's get into this episode. And let me just say, this is kind of a breath of fresh air after the anniversary episode. Although so was the um, Tangled Web episode also was pretty pretty fun. I also just want to add, um, if you haven't yet, if you are able to get onto iTunes and leave a nice review and rating that would really help this podcast that way we can get it out get it noticed by other people that have enjoyed punky brewster over the years so so we up open up the episode it's in the mall we see warnemont studios so we're seeing a lot of warnemont studios right now i think because we haven't seen it since the very end of season two. And if you're familiar with the show, you know that Warnemont Studios is not going to last much longer. So that's probably why they wanted to plug it in here a little bit. So this episode was written by Bill Idelson and Paul Friedman. Also written by David Duclan, the creator. So let's see what Bill Idelson, what else he has written for. Oh, he's passed away. He's gone. That's sad. He's written for... Okay, uh, looks like the last thing he did, he wrote for Punky Brewster in 87. He wrote two episodes. He wrote Punky's Big Story, which was the second episode of season three, and Punky's Porker. Okay. 
Um, it looks like he wrote for MASH, The Betty White Show. Uh, let's see. Happy Days. He wrote three episodes for Happy Days. He wrote The Bob Newhart Show for four episodes. The Odd Couple. Gomer Pyle. He wrote 23 episodes of that. Bewitched. He wrote an episode. Accidental Family. Interesting. I uh, wrote 19 episodes for the Andy Griffith show. Just a lot of different... Oh he, oh, he wrote for the Twilight Zone episode? What one did he do? Long Distance Call. He wrote that one. Okay, that's cool. Cool. Bill Idelson did that. That's awesome. Let's see what Paul Friedman's done. He is currently alive. He's a writer for things. He wrote two episodes. He wrote Punky's Porker and Punky's Big Story. So he and Bill Idelson worked together on two episodes. He wrote an episode of Facts of Life. He wrote three of Bewitched and one of a Western show called Branded from in 1965. Alrighty. Good on them. So Punky's just hanging out on a chair at, around the cash register in Henry's studio. And we hear, it's kind of like a western, like, old-timey western theme. So it's like, okay, we know it's called Punky's Porker. It has to do with a pig, of course. There's going to be somebody in a cowboy hat. One thing I'm kind of curious about is how much time has passed between this and the Tangled Web. I mean, we know it's been probably about a couple days or a week. Although, with season three, they they shot, they aired all this stuff, like, within days of each other. And I'm just wondering, like, the time period of the show, how much time was that between... Tangled Web in this episode, because he said that Punky's going to be grounded for quite a while. Henry comes out of the back room carrying one of those um, wooden uh, things that you stick your face. Like, it's got a picture. Uh, this one's got a picture of a girl in a bikini with the head cut out where you can stick your own head in. So, is that what he's doing that alongside taking pictures of... Um, that maestro from the last episode. So Punky's looking at some sample shots that Henry's doing for his next um, job that he's got. It's for the police department. And Punky kind of points out like, oh, wow, this guy really looks like he's a criminal. Who is he? And uh, Henry's like, well, he's that's the chief of police. Oh, he's shoot Henry's shooting posters for the policeman's ball. Okay. That's going to be a pretty big account. I mean, the police station. So, Punky turns around in her swivel chair and directly across from Warnemont Studios, which at one point was the theater. Did they close up? <laughs> they closed up shop and left. Oh, they got um the lingerie right next to it. But anyway... It's a little fenced-in area with a bunch of hay bales, and it says Jimmy John's Pork Products. Not Jimmy Dean's, Jimmy John's. And no, not Jimmy John's subs, either. We see a pig that's got writing on the side of it, which is basically outlining, like, different parts, like pork, bacon, ham, stuff like that. 
So Punky, ever the animal lover, goes over there, and she's just amazed. It's like, when was the last time she ever saw a pig? It's just, pigs can be cute in their own way, especially when they're a piglet. But this guy's, this pig's a full-grown pig. So Punky introduces herself, asks the pig its name like he can talk, and she's like, oh, you don't have a name? Well, I'm going to name you. Um, And we see Jimmy Johns, the guy wearing the overalls, the country bumpkin hat, and the red and white checkered shirt underneath. And he's probably like, sweetie, the pig's got a name. Um, I'm trying to conduct a business here. So I'm going to play this clip. pig pinky the pig that's cute that's what uh, the girl named uh, gordy before she found out that gordy could talk she called him pinky so the guy i'm guessing the guy's name is jimmy john because he comes over to punky and he's like oh sweetie don't don't touch my pig thank you and he's like well the pig already has a name it's pork chops as in that's what the pig's going to be now, this actor, James Hampton, he has been in a lot of stuff. He is very recognizable. I'm going to say some of the stuff that he's been in that I recognize him from. Now, I mean, I haven't seen all of Teen Wolf, but he did play in the movie Teen Wolf in 1985 that starred Michael J. Fox. He was in a couple episodes of Who's the Boss? Oh, I guess he also reprised for the cartoon. In, uh, and also he's in the sequel? Teen Wolf 2? T-O-O? But, oh, he was in two episodes. He was in Cherry Lifesaver. He was, um, probably that guy in the hat that was, uh, pretending to be interested in their refrigerator till Henry bought it. Alright. But, yeah, I recognize him mostly from Full House. He was in three episodes. He played Mr. Malatesta, who, if you're familiar with Full House... In seasons uh, two and four, he played Jesse and Joey's advertising boss when they were in advertising together. So that's where I really remember him from. Oh, he, oh, he was in Sling Blade. He played Jerry Woolridge, who was the guy who um, ran the institution where um, Carl the main character from Sling Blade was that. Oh, all right, yeah. See, I told you I've known this guy from some stuff. I think the last thing he's done was 2015, so maybe he retired from acting? I'm not sure. I guess uh, Soleil Moonfries never touched a pig's snout because when she kind of pets him, the pig and touches the snout. She like yanks her hand back, like, ugh, that's like, yeah, a pig snout is gonna be wet and kind of icky. <laughs> so the pig kind of comes back over, and Punky kind of pets the pig on the head, and she makes a joke about, hey, it looks like you and me are gonna be pen pals. Aww. So yeah, I guess Pinky's owner, because that's what I'm gonna refer to the pig as. 
um, says, okay, don't, don't touch my pig, sweetie. And, um, Punky's like, oh, the pig's name is Pinky. And he's like, no, the pig's name is Porkchops. It's like, Punky, I, I know you love animals. I know, I know that that's great, but you can't name someone else's animal regardless of whether it's a pet or it's going to be bacon or something. I love animals too and everything. I also love bacon. And I've known probably since I was a kid, like, that's where bacon and ham comes from. It comes from a pig. My cousins did for, my sister did 4-H, and she, they raised pigs. So did my, uh, my nephews, and I think maybe even my niece. Well, maybe just my nephews. I know, I, I'm a little sore on that. I mean, I wanted to do 4-H, but I was told that I couldn't. So, it will always be a sore spot. So, Jimmy Johns takes Punky and forcibly lifts her off the hay bale and puts her on the floor. Like, hey, kid, why don't you go shoplift something? Like, And Punky just looks at him like, excuse me, sir? I don't shoplift. Although she did do that once for uh, Christmas in season two, but she's past that. She's gotten older now. She's not like that. So, um, Punky kind of backs away, but she assures Pinky, like, hey, I'm going to be just over here if you need me. And we see this guy, this other guy, in a blue and white plaid shirt, and he's got, like, one of those wooden canes that you would use in 4-H to kind of guide your pig and everything like that. He's also, I notice, the, the pocket of his jeans looks like this guy is a... Choose, this guy chews tobacco because I can tell my dad had the same imprint of a Kodiak uh, chewing tobacco can on the back of his uh, pocket of his pants. So Jimmy John here says they're basically they're a new company. He's trying to hawk his product. He, you know, a crowd kind of starts to gather people that have just been uh, walking around the mall and everything because it's right in the center of the mall. And um, he's just like, how many of you had either sausage or bacon or ham this morning for breakfast? Pretty much everybody raises their hand at this. And then he's, of course, got a little tray with samples of sausage and everything to pass around. So, yeah. Punky, um, I think you're going to be out of luck here. I don't think you're going to meet any people here that are vegetarians. But Punky, of course, is outraged. I mean, I don't even think she... Did she... No, that's where bacon, ham, and pork, and sausage come from. Because she runs to Henry, like, Henry, we got to save Pinky. And he's like, who? And she's like, the, the pig out there. And Henry's like, you do know that's where bacon comes from, right? From pigs? I mean, she's 11 years old. She's never questioned where that stuff comes from. So Jimmy John also, during his little spiel here, says, how many of you knew whether or not that pig was fit to eat? So basically, he's going to try, being he's a new company, to try to get new followers and, you know, new customers by bashing other companies, saying, how do you know that pig was fit to eat? Whether it didn't have rabies or it didn't have whether it was diseased or something. So it's like, that's what he's trying to pull from. Isn't that what companies tend to do? They're like, how many times has Wendy's bashed McDonald's or Burger King? 
you're always going to want to stomp the competition out and make yourself bigger, it seems like. That's always been the way of when it comes to competition in businesses. Then he mentions about how his meats are the tastiest, tenderest, best pieces of meat you ever wrapped your lips around. Wow, that would be misconstrued nowadays. You would not be able to say that because that in itself is an innuendo. Wrap your lips around. Yeah. And this is their motto. What goes down stays down. That is disgusting. And that's your motto? You need to fire your ad guy. Because that is... I can see why you're a startup company. I can see this guy's going to go flat broke. Or he's just going to get himself another pig and just parade around. He's a local startup company, I'm guessing. This guy is just all kinds of crude. He's like, oh no, that's not Shelly Winters. So I'm looking up Shelly Winters on IMDb. She passed away in 06, so that was 12 years ago. But she's been acting since, like, the early 40s. I'm just trying to see if there's anything I might recognize her from. She was in the Poseidon Adventure movie, not the Pos Poseidon that came out in 06, but the one that came out in 72. Oh! That's Shelly Winters? She played Nana Mary on Roseanne. Okay, now I know who they're talking about. But that guy just come, is coming off like a big jerk. You're making a fat joke about Shelly Winters that is not deserved saying, oh, oh, she looks like this pig. Yeah, I'm not buying your products. So, they got on one side of the pig kind of divided where ham is near the buttocks area. We got bacon at the top by the spine. We got chops written where the belly is. We got ribs just above the leg. And we got loin just at the back of the neck written there. And he asks for questions. Punky jumps right up like, Sir, are you really going to kill this pig? He just looks at her like, uh, does, I see we have no questions here, so I'm going to give you guys some samples. So Henry's in the studio kind of setting up stuff for uh, a shot for, I guess, the policeman's balls. So are they being goofy? They got these cutout pictures of a woman in a bikini and stuff, so it's just for fun. But this is where Punky races in, freaked out, like they're going to kill Pinky. And Henry, of course, has no idea who she's even talking about. Like, that pig out there, that man is going to kill that pig. And he kind of, Henry sits her down like, sweetie, you do realize that we eat pigs. You, in fact, ate a pig when you had bacon this morning. That came from a pig. And she calls... Pinky, a sweet and adorable pig. Well, sweet, maybe. Adorable, eh, maybe when the pig was, like, maybe eight weeks old, maybe. But <laughs> I'm going to play this clip where Henry kind of talks Punky down from the roof here. It's like, come on, sweetie. Uh, I've got other stuff to do than worrying about a pig. Killed? We could go to the funeral. 
get his cracks in about hey you know that pig could keep us in ham bacon and sausage until you graduate from college <laughs> and then punky of course is irritated like you don't even care that this poor innocent pig is going to be slaughtered and henry's like well i'm sure we could go to the funeral so punk you know henry kind of leaves he's kind of doing his thing with getting this uh police ball set up and Punky just looks at poor Pinky and says, Don't worry, Punk, uh, Pink, Pink, uh, Pink, don't worry, Pinky, I'm going to save you. I'm going to help you live. Why does she have to name the pig something so close to her name? Pinky, Punky, all you're doing is taking out one letter and replacing it with another. So, back at the apartment in Punky's room, she... Enlist the help of Margot and Sherry, which, do they know why they're there yet? Or is she going to wait and break the news once they're in the bedroom? So, Punky pretty much tells them what's going to go down. Um, she says, open your books on the floor so it looks like we're studying. Brandon, you go out in the hall, you whistle or bark when you hear someone coming down the hall, mainly Henry. And... Margo's sitting on a stool that's next to Punky's bed. Cherry is sitting on top of Brandon's doghouse. Apparently it's sturdy enough to hold a person. I just think that's really weird why she'd be sitting there. Sit on Punky's bed. So Punky asks the girls, like, hey, did you bring the black clothes that we're going to need? So Punky's like... We gotta help the pig. And of course, Margo makes a fat joke about some girl named Emma Blonsky. Probably someone in their school. So, I know it was 87. I know fat jokes were all the thing back in the 80s and 90s. But you wouldn't get away with that nowadays. So no, uh, Punky actually tells them, no, it's a pig that I met down at the mall. And she's going to be turned into ham if she hasn't already been. This pig would not be there at night if nobody was there. They would have taken the pig and already done what they were going to do. The pig, Punky, was just a visual aid. No, Punky's like, no, I'm talking about a real pig. And then Cherry's like, oh, you mean Sharon Fusco or Frusco or whatever. It's like, come on, girls, enough with the fat jokes. That's so cruel. They've learned nothing from the Louise Tons of Fun episode from season three. Beginning of season three. And Punky, this thing goes on for too long. She's like, no, I mean the actual pig. Oink, oink. And then both Cherry and Margo are like, oh, you mean Tammy Tishman. So I want to play this clip of Punky finally getting through to them. That it's an actual physical pig that he's talking about that they need to rescue. But, Punky, this is just one pig out of 
billions of pigs that get slaughtered all the time for meat. Are you gonna, like, try to save them too? I know this pig is special to Punky because she and Pinky had a wonderful, amazing conversation where Punky named her. So, of course, this pig is special in Punky's eyes. That's why you don't name something that's going to be taken to be breakfast or dinner on someone's plate. Or even the thing with, you know, people that have kids that have farms with, you know, cows and, and, and chickens and, and pigs. It's like you don't name them because then it's being becoming sentimental when you're developing um, an attachment to the animal. And said animal is eventually going to be taken and bought and turned into whatever. That way you're saving that child the heartbreak of what it's going to be like to lose that animal. Pay attention! It's a 400 pound animal with four legs and a curly tail. But that's a pig. That's what I've been trying to tell you. There's a pig in the mall and we have to help it. Why? Because if we don't, it'll be killed, put packages, and sent to stores all over the city. Yeah? Cherry, I know this pig. Because, of course, you're my best friend. Margo's like, you know what? We're not that close. And, of course, Punky blackmails Margo by saying, do you want me to tell so-and-so that you're not actually related to the Kennedys? And this gets Margo sucked in. And all of a sudden, we hear this whistle from the hallway. 
And uh, that's when Betty comes in. So Betty's watching the girls. And she's like, when did Brandon learn to whistle? And Punky's like, oh, since that French poodle moved down, uh, in down the block. Like, <laughs> yeah. So the girls all pretend to be studying, which Betty sees through the little scammers a mile away. Like, you're not actually studying. One thing, Cherry's got the book upside down. Come on, Cherry. So Betty's like, I know what you guys are up to. You're talking about boys. And of course the girls are like, yep, you caught us. Ugh, we're just not that good. So Betty's like, hey, do you want some advice? They're like, mm, no, thank you. And she's like, can you give me some advice? And they're like, meh, no. So she's like, do you want me to leave? And they're like, yes, please. So she does leave. Because I think, because she was all about like, you know, I'm going to hang out with you kids, with you girls, and we'll just hang out and everything. And they just want her to get out of there. Like, no, don't. So Betty exits, and the girls go out Punky's bedroom window down that tree. Can you imagine if that tree was not there? That's got to be a sturdy, easy-to-climb-down tree with no issues. So, the mall apparently is still open. The Jimmy John sign is gone, but the pig is still there. That pig would not still be there. That pig would be taken to... It was brought there. It would be taken from... You know, Jimmy John would be taking the pig with him. I mean, the pig is just on display. There's no sign there advertising Jimmy John's pork sausage or whatever and the midtown mall is closed i'm guessing the girls hid in the bathroom which nowadays i'm pretty sure they would check that bathroom unless they climbed in a into uh from down from the ceiling in a vent or something but i'm looking at this pig there's no water there's no trough for water there's no food there there's just hay Unless pigs eat hay, but I don't know. I thought that the hay was just for the bedding. Okay, so we do see the Jimmy Giant sign. It's off to, just to the right of the ladies' restroom door, which is just right there. We do see a security guard with a flashlight walk by, too, so. So, Punky and Cherry come out. They're dressed with um, a black stocking cap on. And black clothes, black shoes. We got Margot coming out with white pearls and a black dress, black high heels, and tight, uh, black tights or whatever you call those things. Or pantyhose. I think little girls wear tights. It's the women that wear the pantyhose. Oh, Margot does have a black stocking cap on her head. Okay. Oh, now that I get a closer look. Okay, so Punky's wearing a stocking cap. Margot's wearing a hat that's kind of... Off, you know, one of those hats with the brim that's kind of backwards. And then Margot's got not a stocking cap hat, but some other type of fancy schmancy hat, I guess. So I'm going to play this clip of the girls trying to prison break Pinky here.
is locked. <laughs> Stand aside. I'll pick the lock. You know how to do that? Well, occasionally I like to read my mother's diary. Punky's the only one out of the three girls that thinks Punky's adorable, cute. Cherry just looks at Punky like, you know what, I think you need some rest. You're delirious. So they go to rescue the pig, and they gotta pick the lock. Margot's got a little bobby pin that Cherry and uh, Punky are like, oh my gosh, you know how to pick a lock? And she's like, well, I like to read my mother's diary. Your mom keeps, keeps a diary? Okay. Um, yeah. Let me tell you about this little fence. This pig could hop over this fence. This fence is maybe, maybe two feet off the ground, maybe a foot and a half off the ground. It's not that big. She towers over that fence, Pinky does. So as soon as they get the lock undone, um, the security guard, of course is still walking around. So they hide behind these bales of hay that are stacked too high. And it's like, how is this guy not seeing these kids there? And they're not exactly whispering either. These girls are talking in normal outdoor voices. They're not shouting, but it's not a whisper. So the security guard says into the microphone, like, hey, or the uh, 
the mic at his hip. He says, hey, the pig's fine. And the guy, the other guy who's there is at the video village saying, hey, you want to watch biker girls from Mars? And then the, the security guard here is like, you know what? Yeah, I'll stop at the Popcorn Palace or Popcorn Kingdom and get popcorn. So you're stealing products. Uh, not to mention, all those stores would be closed up, although they would probably have keys to be able to open them. So after uh, Margo pops a lock, of course, Pumpkin's like, you know how I said you were uh, stuck up, obnoxious, and useless? And Marco's like, yeah. And Punky's like, well, I take back useless. Like, okay. <laughs> so Punky does a quick introduction. Like, hey, Pinky, this is Cherry. This is Margo. And Cherry's like, oh my gosh, look at the size of that nose. Yeah, she's got a big snout. Got a big, big snout. Of course, Punky's got to make another jab at Marco. Like, yeah, she's even snootier than Margo. <laughs> so the pig isn't moving, and Punky comes up with a, uh, she's got an ear of corn, which the pig can't resist. And Margo's got the pig on uh, that rope leash thing, and the pig's pretty much going to do its own thing. It's like, all right, I'm out of here, as it takes them. It must know the way out of the building, <laughs> because uh, the, the girls all disappear around the corner. All right, now we're back at the apartment, and Henry and Betty are just kind of sipping tea and coffee in the kitchen. Do they know that the girls are gone? Oh, so <laughs> Henry, of course, they don't know that they're gone. They think the girls are still studying or talking about boys or whatever in the in Punky's bedroom. No way in heck are they getting that pig up a tree, so they're clearly going to come in to the living room. So... Betty's like, they weren't studying. The girls were talking about boys when I came in. Actually, they weren't. They pretty much just went with that when you asked them what they were actually doing. Oh, no, she actually... No, because Betty's the one that assumed that they were talking about boys. So, Henry's kind of envisioning, you know, the girl, girls grow up so fast. When next day, I'll turn around and Punky will be wearing a formal gown. Like, at her prom, with a guy on her arm, and Betty adds, and purple hair. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Henry's, like, talking about, you know, when she goes to her senior prom, she and her date will dance till 8.30, and he'll have her back by 9. I bet anything, the senior prom isn't even going to start till at least 8 o'clock, and run until, like, maybe 10 or so. I mean, Henry... Punky's 11. He's looking seven years into the future. So he would probably, by that time, be at least into his early 70s. And of course, Betty just looks at Henry like, you're dreaming. <laughs> and Henry's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, starting tomorrow, she's going to the convent. Like, yeah, I know. Punky is getting older. She's going to be liking boys. Because we haven't really gotten that part of Punky yet. That's what season four is. Season four is going to be... I don't even think they're 11 yet. I think they're still 10. I think season four is when they're going to be 11. Because that's when Punky develops her first crush early on in season four on a boy who's like 16, 17 years old. And the camp thing, where I think she might have her first kiss, but I'm not sure. And we also get a lot of, you know, Mark Paul Gossler guest stars next season. And Punky's got a crush on him, but he's also 
going out with Margot at the same time, and she's got a date with two guys at the same time at the movies. So a lot of it's going to be Punky's maturing. She's into boys. It's all going to be boy crazy Punky next season four. So now we move to the hallway of the apartment complex. It's really dark. There's a little bit of light coming through from upstairs, and they got the pig. I don't even think they're holding a leash anymore, are they? Because it looks like the pig is just walking calmly bes beside them. Where is Punky? I see Margo, I see Cherry. Where's Punky? Oh, wait! No wonder I couldn't see Punky! If it weren't for those white stripes on her black shirt, I had no idea she was- Oh, she's holding the, the rope! Oh, man! I could not see her. It was too dark in that little corner. I'm like, where's Punky? Is she coming around the corner? No, she's off in the dark on the pig's right-hand side. And here I thought that pig was so obedient it didn't need a rope leash. Boy, was I wrong. How far away is this mall? Is it just up the street? Because if that's the case, somebody would have stopped them walking with the pig in the city. So they say goodbye to Margo, who technically could have just left. She didn't have to walk in with them. And she's like, I'm going to go home and roto-rooter my sinuses. Oh, God. I thought she was going to say, I'm going to go home and take a hot shower and use a Brillo pad on my skin or something. <laughs> no, that would be me. So Pinky's still got the, um, the letters and the, um, black Sharpie marks on, where's it spray paint? On her, the side. So Punky enters into the apartment with Pinky, the pig, and says to Brandon, hey Brandon, this is Pinky. She's going to be hanging here for a bit. She's going to be staying here for a little while. Yeah, right. Just wait till Henry comes out there. And Brandon, I love how he kind of puts his paw up like he's wavy. And Pinky does it too. So, the pig still has the letters bacon and ham and chops on it, but the loin um, that was on kind of the back of the shoulder is completely gone. It's not there anymore. So, I want to play this clip of uh, Henry seeing the pig there. Because he doesn't know. He's still in the kitchen, and he just thinks, oh, Punky came back. Although, he didn't even know that she left. So, they're going to have to change out of those clothes or explain why they're all dressed in black. to hide and she goes under the coffee table which is able to fit on her back and not fall off and Punky just says to Henry like hey we just came out to get a glass of water and now we're going to go back to our room or my room and 
Punky's like, all right, we got to get this pig out of here in, into my room. And they're able to get the pig in there. And I guess Henry didn't say goodnight to Punky at all. Like, she's in her nighttime clothes. Because we see Pinky just kind of hanging out there behind Brandon's doghouse. So Brandon's fine with Pinky. So Henry comes in. It's still dark. He hasn't turned the light on or anything. And he's like, hey, Punky, are you asleep? Because she didn't even bother. You know, she didn't say goodbye or goodnight or anything like that. She didn't even say she was going to sleep. Has she even changed into her nightgown yet? I mean, or is she still wearing the all-black uh, uniform? Or uh, or the all-black, you know, uh, clothes that she was wearing? So, of course, Henry just hears Pinky, what she thinks is Punky. Maybe she's snoring or something. Oh, my gosh, she's blaming Brandon, thinking Brandon's snoring. So, I'm guessing Henry is saying all this to Punky. Like, you sound like you're getting a cold. Tomorrow you're getting a bath. But he's looking at Brandon when he says this. Maybe he was saying this to Brandon. Oh, he is directing this all at Brandon because he's looking right at him and saying, you sound like you're getting a cold. Tomorrow you're getting a bath. And then saying, this room smells like a pigsty. So it's the next day and in the living room, Pinky's made herself comfortable on their couch. Oh my god, that couch is going to be broken. I think that, that uh, Pinky looks so comfortable on this couch, just all sprawled out, like, don't mind me, I'm just taking a snoozer. So Henry comes out into the living room, and the first thing he does is he goes over to the stereo and turns on his opera, and he right away is getting into the music, like he's performing it. Punky, or not Punky, <laughs> see, why couldn't she have named the pig something else? Pinky really likes opera because... She, in her heart, in her mind, is singing along in the only way she can do with her piggy voice. And this is just really fun comedy as Henry is walking past the back of the couch to the door. Not even, Henry is not even looking in the direction of the couch. <laughs> as he opens the front door, bends down to get the paper, which is a very, very light paper. This is 1987. There would be more to that paper, you would think, just because... I mean, I remember when we would get... We still get the Sunday paper just for the ads and stuff like that. But I remember back in the day when... It, the regular, even during the week, was a hefty paper. And now it's just... It's so light and next to nothing. I mean, we used to get, like, during the week paper when it was really thin... Eventually, we were like, you know what, let's just get the Sunday paper. We only get it for the ads, which we do the, like, one year's worth, and I think it's over, like, $130 a year, $100 a year, just to get the Sunday paper. Because if you think about it, you can get your news, like, on Facebook and stuff, like, the news and stuff, and that way you can... Because I don't know how many people, because Jeremy really only even gets the Sunday paper just to do the crossword puzzle. And the only ad I even look at is Target. Oh, so here's where he's going to see that he's going to feel the pig, because he sits down with the paper not realizing that Pinky's already there. So at the beginning of the episode, remember how I said that Pinky had these letters like bacon and chops and ham and loins and whatever? She just got... Bacon, chops, and ham. But now it's like they took, like, a black 
felt heavy tipped Sharpie marker and just wrote chops, bacon, and ham. Like they kind of touched up the areas with a black tip marker and just took like the individual, let like it was like paper or something originally, but now they just took a Sharpie and just wrote the words on her fur and skin. All right, I want to play this clip of Henry's interaction with the pig, offering it, like, tea, water, what have you, as he calls to Punky to get her little fanny out in the living room so they can have a little convo about where this pig... He knows where the pig come from. came from the mall. And I'm sure he's like, why is this pig in my house or my apartment? down he gets up and turns and looks at the pig he doesn't shout he doesn't scream he doesn't freak out he's really really calm about it almost like he knows he knows that pig where it came from it came from the mall so and also he knows punky punky in three seasons is someone who would be capable of doing something like this it's just you know one of punky shenanigans so he's he's used to this by now so all he just says is, hey, Punky, come out here. I want to talk to you. And then he goes in the kitchen with her. And he does bring up the fact that you stole that pig. And she's like, well, stealing is such an ugly word. It's like, that's not the point, sweetie. You cannot take something or something that's property of another person. You can't do that. This isn't a scarf from a store. This isn't. That Christmas episode where you stole a cashmere scarf. This is a living, breathing animal. 
unfortunately, it also belongs to somebody. So, Punky says to Henry, can't we think of her as something other than a pig? Like a pet? It's like, yeah, I know. I figured she'd be trying to go down that road. Like, no, this is not a pet. And even Henry's like, we, they don't make litter boxes that big. You know, and he does kind of break it to her. It's like, you know, some animals are raised to provide food. And then he even, he point blank asks her, like, are you planning to try to save every single life of every pig? And she's, no, no, not only, only the ones that I know personally. If she didn't interact with that pig, if she saw the pig and just, like, turned away, this wouldn't have been an issue. But because she named this pig, she has an emotional attachment to this pig. So, of course, what happens to this pig now... It's going to be out of her hands, but she still is involved. She wants what's best for the pig. Even Henry's like, Pinky, I mean, Punky. It's like, yeah, it's, couldn't you have come up with a better name for the pig that wasn't so close to your own? So, yeah, when he's like, certain animals are raised to be provide food for the table. And Punky's like, well, not Pinky. And then Henry's like, do you plan to never eat bacon again? There was a short amount of time when I was a teenager that I probably went like a month without eating bacon, but then I went back to eating bacon again because I, I love bacon. So he tells her she's got to look at this with some perspective and how that a pig is a pig. And then he kind of like, well, that really didn't make any sense. But, and he tells her, you can't save all the pigs in the world. She's like, I don't want to. I just want to save this pig. Yes, because you named this pig and because you have an emotional attachment to him. That's why. He's, Henry pleads with her. It's like, we have to do what's right by this pig. And by what's right is we need to contact the owner of this pig and let him know what happened to his pig. Because he, he's right. You know, she did. She took that pig from the mall and everything. I'm sure that. Guy's probably going to be going after the security guard as to why, how did this happen? Where were you if you're supposed to be patrolling this mall at night? How did these kids get in here after the mall was supposed to be closed? And I know she says, you know, I can't stand the thought of seeing her killed. And Henry just looks right in Punky's eyes like, sweetie, I know, but we unfortunately don't have any choice in the matter. It's not up to us. So now we move to the next scene where... Pinky's owner, Jimmy John, is back. So, Henry tries to plead Punky's case. Like, she got attached to the animal, and she didn't want to see anything bad happen to her. That's why she brought the pig home. And, of, of course, none of what Henry's saying phases Jimmy John at all. He's like, I ought to call the police. Like, sure, whatever, go for it. What are they going to do? Punky's ten years old. Are they going to charge her with something? I doubt it. I'm surprised the mall wouldn't say, well, you are no longer welcome here. <laughs> I mean, I can see her getting probably banned from the mall, but that's probably the extent. Of course, Henry makes a joke calling the police pigs, which gets a laugh out of Mr. Jimmy here. And that guy tells Henry, he's like, well, I'll see you in court, even though that was a funny joke, and get me my pig. So Henry's like, will you go get... Pinky, please. So Punky calls to Brandon, like, hey, Brandon, is Pinky done with her shower? And Brandon barks, like, probably, like, yep, she's on her way out. So the pig comes out with a scrub brush in its mouth and a 
shower cap on his head, on her head, excuse me. And she's still got the rope around the neck, too. Too bad Punky could play be a Charlotte to Pinky's Wilbur and save this pig. I want to play this clip as Punky is pleading with Mr. John not to kill Pinky. We're out here. Please, Mr. John, don't kill Pinky. Call me, Jimmy, and just watch me. Jimmy John, and then he's like, there's nothing you can do on uh, you. Know, I'm taking the pig. It's gonna be butchered. And then he even asks, like, about the city bus. Like, you're not getting that pig on a bus? No way! There's no way you can make that pig an emotional support, like, animal. And say, oh, it's my service pig! Like, no. So, Punky is begging Henry, like, Henry, please do something! Don't let him kill Pinky. And Henry is just, he's like, I don't know what I, there's nothing I can do. But then, light bulb above Henry's head. He's like, you know, you could, you know, kill that pig. But think about it. That pig is worth more alive than dead. And, of course, Mr. Jimmy John is like, say what now? And Henry's like, you know, think about it. She could be your spokes pig. <clears throat> and, of course, he has no idea what that is. 
And that's when Henry's like, well, think of it. Morris the cat for nine lives. You have Charlie the tuna. You have Smokey the bear. Just think of the picture of you with Pinky. And representing your poor products and stuff like that. And I guess, I mean, just that the money of... I mean, like I said, this is before Babe, this is before Gordy, this is before Talking Pigs took off in the early to mid-90s. So, I mean, sure, Pinky's cute and all, but she's not a baby pig. Put a baby pig in there, adorable. You will not want to kill a baby pig. I mean, I guess Pinky could be cute in her own way, but anyway, luckily... Mr. Jimmy John buys this. Like, okay, I could put her in a hat and a tie just like me and you wouldn't be able to tell us apart and everything. So he takes the pig and then Henry and Punky are kind of sitting on the couch. He's like, come on, Henry, admit it. She kind of grew on you, Pinky, didn't she? Eh, you might, I think you're going to miss her. And he's like, eh, maybe a little. Maybe she grew on me a little bit. So... Turns <laughs> the door, uh, knocks at the door, Punky opens it, like, hey, it's the Mr. Jimmy John with the pig. He's like, how about when I'm not working with the pig, when I, you know, she could stay here with you. So he just leaves the pig there, and Henry just rolls his eyes, like, oh my lord. No, 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 no. He made me, he, Henry may be a building maintenance manager thing, but no, he's still got to answer to the higher ups. You can, I can see a dog there, but I cannot see them allowing, especially in the city. The police would not allow that either. They would say, you have to remove this pig, or it has to be taken somewhere. But, of course, Punky's happy all is well with Pinky. She, her life has been spared. And that is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And for the Brandon Tailwig rating, I am going to give it a... Three out of five. What I liked about it, I like the girls all dressing up and trying to break out Pinky out of her little uh, pig prison in the mall. I liked Brandon and Pinky's little meat cute with the you know, the paw wave and the hoof wave. That was really cute. And I liked Henry coming to Pinky's rescue at the end by turning. Pinky into a money-making opportunity. And Mr. John, of course, he loves money. And what I didn't like is... I didn't like Mr. Jimmy John manhandling Punky at the beginning of the episode where he pretty much grabs her by the shoulders, pulls her up, and... You can't do. You can't just grab a child like that. Because he was, like, lifting her up to kind of get her away from the pig and everything like that. And just He was a real jerk. Did not like him. I didn't. I also didn't like how Mr. Jimmy John was slamming other companies, which I know that's what companies do. Wendy's does it all the time to Burger King. And, um, just like, hey, our slogan is when it goes down, it stays down. And how do you know that the pig that you ate was actually safe to eat? Like, don't, don't do that. That is just a crummy crap way. And it was a new company. He could have used another tactic. I think that was his own company. I mean, Jimmy John, Jimmy John's, yeah. Was Jimmy John's sub shop even a thing in 87? It might have been. 
But then again, it could have even been a play on Jimmy Jean, Jimmy Dean's sausage as well. Um, as far as Punky's principles for this episode, I'm going to go with just because you believe in something and everything and for a cause. Um, I don't know. There are so many causes out there that, I mean, if she really wants to help, like, there are animal shelters she could help at, volunteer at, and stuff like that. But advocating for pigs? I mean, and there's nothing against pigs. I mean, they're cute and everything, but they're a lot, a lot of work. Remember that story I told you about that I read called The Pig in the City? Cute little book. Loved it. But even still, it's at the end of the book, it just it worked out for everybody. But, um... Just, there are so many other things you could advocate for. The life of one pig, I mean, what about all those other pigs? What happens to them? Because she didn't know those other pigs personally, that's okay that they're slaughtered and she can eat their bacon? I don't know. Alright, let's talk about next week's episode, Season 3, 18, entitled This Spuds for You, which aired on December 1st, 1987. Spud... Threatens to jump off a building if Punky won't go to the Sadie Hawkins dance with him. Pretty dang desperate if you ask me. So you guys can look forward to that episode later this week. Let's say hey to some Punky Power listeners for the week. We got Temecula, California, Roland Heights, California, Mountain View, California, Mount Vernon, Kentucky, Centerville, Maryland, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Sanford, Florida, Spain, Swainsboro, Georgia, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, Atlanta, Georgia, United Kingdom, Austin, Texas, Sacramento, California, France, Davison, Michigan, Svendborg, Denmark, New Palestine, Indiana, Palmer, Arkansas, Lum. Pock, California, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Fredericton, Canada, Los Angeles, California, Bakersfield, California, Arlington, Virginia, Tokyo, Japan, Uzbekistan, France, Hamburg, Germany, Bromley, United Kingdom, and Santa Clara, California. That being said, everyone have a wonderful rest of the weekend, and... A good start to the week, and I will see you later this week. Bye-bye.